the voice of Motown, West Virginia's leader in news, analysis, and rumors, proudly presents the Voice of Motown podcast, featuring your boys, Brandon and Tyler. Take it away, gentlemen. All right, this is the Voice of Motown podcast. I'm Tyler Pepe. And I'm Brandon Cork, and this is a WVU sports podcast by two suffering WVU fans, and we have a very special guest joining us today, former all-time great wide receiver at West Virginia, Stedman Bailey. Yeah, hey. absolutely. <laughs> In 2012, Stedman caught a school record 25 touchdowns, 1,622 yards, and was named a first-team All-American. He still holds those individual season records, along with 41 career-receiving touchdowns at West Virginia. Stedman, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, man, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for the warm welcome. Um, as I've already stated, you know, before we even get started, I want to wish you all Happy New Year as well as all of Mountaineer Nation, you know, and just wishing everybody well wishes as we step into this new year. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I mean, um, definitely looking forward for things to come and um, hope the same to you and your family and your friends as well. Yes, sir. No doubt. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So there's so much we want to discuss today from your playing days at West Virginia to the <laughs> current team at WVU. But also we want to briefly discuss your experience and stance against gun violence as well. So oh, yeah. let's get right into it. As far as pure wide receiver skills go, you are arguably one of the best who have ever played at West Virginia. But you played alongside some very talented Mountaineers as well. What was it like playing with WVU greats like Tavon Austin, Geno Smith, and all of your other very talented teammates? Uh, well, I would definitely say um, my college experience was definitely a, a dream come true. Um, just a kid from South Florida that was gifted or, you know, just I, I got an opportunity to further my education, going to West Virginia University and, of course, um, continue my football career. And, you know, I, I had such an amazing time with, with my time of being at West Virginia that, I, you know, I wish I could redo everything. But, of course, time doesn't go backwards. So, uh, you know, I just got to live with the memories and all the great memories that I do have of, you know, being a Mountaineer. And, you know, I'm thankful that. The same goes. Once a mountaineer, always a mountaineer. So you know, I'm, I'm, you know, extremely thankful to be tied into such a great university. Definitely, and that actually leads into my next question. So, you know, that saying everyone knows it. All the fans say it. Once a mountaineer, always a mountaineer. What does that mean to uh, former players? Oh uh, well, it definitely means a lot to to former players. You know, just kind of speaking for myself. Um, we. Well, I, I kind of just think back to, you know, my four years of being at the university and all the hard work and dedication, you know, that I put into the program just to uh, make it what it is now, you know, what it is today, how, how far it's been able to come. And so just to be a part of something extremely special like the Mountaineer program is something that I hold near and dear to my heart. And, some, you know, like I said, I always forever be grateful for the opportunity that I had to go there for school and to put on the old gold and blue as a football player. And that's that's one of my favorite things that, uh, about WVU that makes it kind of unique too is that like you know whenever you become a, a star player like you were yourself you become kind of like a celebrity because the Mountaineers are the pro football team of West Virginia basically. Right 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 and that's you know that's something that 
really attracted me, you know, as I kind of think back to my, my younger days as I was getting ready to make a choice for what college I would, you know, want to go to. Um, I got a chance to come up to Morgantown on a visit and, you know, just really experience the whole atmosphere of what it's like to be a mountaineer. And once I kind of found out that, you know, West Virginia do not have any pro teams and that they treat the college team as pros, that was pretty attractive to me, you know. So um, it definitely, you know, helped with my decision as far as committing to West Virginia. And uh, like you say, you know, they pretty much treat you like a celebrity. So to know that anytime I come back to town, you know, the, the amount of love that's always showed to me, uh, it's super refreshing, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it does feel like a family, even from fan standpoints. Even when you guys come back and visit us, and they introduced you at halftime. It's always special seeing those former players because we're very lucky that you came to West Virginia as well. I mean, it, it goes both ways for sure. So you played under Dana Holgerson and Bill Stort. How do you think this administration is different from the administration you played under? Uh, well, you know, to be quite honest, it's kind of hard to say. You know, I can only really vouch and speak for – what I have been able to experience, and that was, of course, Coach Bill Stewart. And, you know, we got a chance to have Coach Hogerson as well. Uh, coach Bill Stewart, what a great coach he was. Um, you know, the, the initial guy to actually come down to South Florida to sit in my living room to, you know, do such a great job of recruiting me and, you know, guys like Geno Smith. Um, and one thing about Coach Stewart, uh, very traditional guy. I mean, you knew just from having conversations with him and being around him that he was West Virginia blood in and blood out. I mean, not, nothing meant more to him. So uh, just to kind of be around a guy like that, um, it definitely set the tone for w what the standard is, you know, um, in terms of what we're, you know, in, in terms of just how important the university is, just how important the football program is. I mean, just everything about the, the Mountaineer standard, uh, that was everything about Coach Stu. And then, of course, you know, we had some some things take place where we had to go through a coaching change. And, you know, I'm extremely thankful for Coach Hogerson as well. Uh, a coach that was a little, I would, I want to say, a, a little bit younger than Coach Bill Stu was. So uh, Coach Hogerson was, was fun. He was fun. He brought a very fun offense to town. And, um, of course, that gave me the opportunity to really uh, – Soar, um, you know, a, a very pass happy offense. I'm a wide receiver, so I knew right away when Coach Hogerson brought the offense. You know, I started to immediately look up the different wide receivers that's got a chance to play within that offense. You know, I saw um, guys like Michael Crabtree, uh, uh, Justin Blackman was a guy who played under Coach Hogerson at Oklahoma State, and these guys put up astronomical numbers. So I, you know, immediately thought that, well, if I could come anywhere near close to the numbers that those guys were able to produce, you know, I should be looking real solid in terms of maybe just having a thousand yards season and uh, double digits with, with touchdowns. And that was surely the case for the two years that I were able to play under Coach Hogerson. So, um, like I say, you know, two two great guys, two great coaches. I was able to learn a lot from from both guys, and I'm you know thankful to have played for both of those coaches. That's great, yeah. And I know I'll never forget, um, you know, that Clemson Orange Bowl game and the uh, Baylor game. That was basically a 
basketball game on the field. Uh, those were really fun games to watch as a fan. Those two games where we were able to score 70 points, uh, <laughs> I've always been a part of an offense ever since, uh, I want to say high school, that was what you would call a high-power offense. So I've always been used to scoring points, but to be able to go out and score 70 uh, in multiple occasions is, you know, pretty crazy. But, I mean, just playing in that Coach Hogerson offense, I mean, that's that's really what it's about, you know, shootout kind of offense. And we were able to have a lot of fun in it. Oh, definitely. I can imagine. Um, do you see any similarities between – um, you know, from your limited inter- interaction with Neil Brown and his staff, um, do you see any similarities between them and Holgerson or Stewart? Well, you know what? It's it's pretty strange. Um, as much as I do kind of come back around, I've never once yet got a chance to in person meet Neil Brown. Like we've had some back and forth on social media. Uh, once upon a time, you know, my name was being tossed around in terms of being able to come back and be the wide receivers coach at West Virginia. But uh, that, you know, that I, I guess I could say that kind of was just like an idea. I mean, I'm super open to coming back to be that guy. I mean, I definitely want to see the university get back to where it was, you know, just being known to be a winning program. Um, but, uh, you know, like I say, I haven't really gotten the chance to – verbally just sit down with coach Neil Brown and just actually kick it. So I, I, you know, I honestly can't even really say too much about what I think about him as a, as a person, you know, I can just kind of go off just as much as I see on television and, you know, what I see from a coaching standpoint, which uh, I think we, you know, we can improve in a lot of different areas. Um, but, uh, you know, just try to sit back and, and trust everything that's, you know, taking place. Um, Mr. Shane Lyons gave him an extension. So, you know, I was just hoping that, OK, well, maybe he sees something that I don't. And let me just try to stick with what it says, trust the client. But at this point, man, I mean, you know, just to be honest, it, it seems like we're kind of going in the wrong direction. And I know that that's uh, very depressing for not just myself, but uh, a lot of Mountain Nation. Do you feel it's normal for, you know, a coaching st- a new coaching staff to kind of not reach out to players and kind of, um, you know, build those relationships? Um, or do you think that's something that's pretty standard? Because, uh, you know, it's just, you know, there's so many different players. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's so many different elements when it comes to uh, coaching and w- w- what's your style. Um, me personally, I love to be around coaches that what we will call like a player's coach, somebody that may have been there, done that. They may have played within their time. So they kind of understand some of the difficulties and the challenges, the adversities that we go through as players. Whereas it's like, okay, you know, I've been in your shoes before, so I can understand certain things and therefore there should be a better connection. Right. Uh, I don't I don't think we have a really good connection right now with our players and the coach. Um, you know, coaches are there to, to, to be coaches, not to be your best friend or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, it's still, you know, certain things that I think coaches can do just to really try to 
make sure that the players are rallying around and they believe in everything that you're installing as a coach. Uh, I really don't know where we are. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure we'll kind of get into the topic of the transfers that we have, you know, mm-hmm. which is almost like a pandemic, really. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're 100% right there. <laughs> what, what's, what's, what, what's taking place right now is uh, pretty alarming. And, you know, I just want to start by saying that uh, in the beginning, you know, I guess when the season was going, you had certain guys that was entering the transfer <laughs> portal. And for me, it's like, well, okay, if a guy doesn't want to be at West Virginia, that's their loss. I've been – I just kind of reflect back on when I was a student athlete and I had different guys that I may have come into school with who thought that the grass was green on the other side, you know, because maybe certain things weren't going their way at – West Virginia, they go ahead and decide to leave and they end up in a situation where it's even worse. So my whole thought process initially was, well, okay, you know, if these guys don't want to be here, then, you know, good luck to them. I'm thankful for them spending, you know, some of their time and, you know, putting in hard work and dedication for the program. But good luck to whomever that doesn't want to be a part of something that I was believing to be special. But right. at this point, when when we are not only leading the Big 12 in transfers, but we're leading the whole country by almost double digits, you got to start to question, like, what's really going on? I think a lot of fans agree. Like, when I, uh, I, players I, were leaving over the summer, we thought, well, Neil Brown's just getting his players in there. But I think the biggest concern is that they're all leaving – in the middle of the season and at the end of the season now, and a lot of them um, are players that were contributing. They weren't players who are just leaving to get more playing time. And so um, fans, and it sounds like you alike, we're just wondering. We got starters. We got starters that are leaving the program. Yeah. Starters, guys that we're depending on to come back next year with another year of experience to help, you know, lead us to a Big 12 championship whatever the case may be. Uh, but like I say, you got these guys that are leaving. So, I mean, it's almost like you you kind of want to maybe investigate behind the scenes, like what's really going on? Because it doesn't look good. I mean, at, at this point, I'm not even sure what our team will look like next year. And, you know, one thing about it, I do know that we have Pittsburgh. <laughs> Eat shit pit. We got <laughs> Pittsburgh Panthers game one. And I'm pretty sure that all of Mountaineer Nation is itching to, you know, just get that rivalry back jumping. Uh, at, at least for, for one game out of the season, that'll be a great way to open the season. But what do we have to work with? Right. Yeah. I, I know I was looking at I that. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting offseason and, you know, I'm still pulling for the program. I'm sure, you know, you guys may follow me on Twitter where you can see that I'm always interacting with the wide receivers. And I have a pretty good relationship with just about all of them. You know, even Winston Wright, who just jumped into the transfer portal. Anytime I'm around on campus, you know, those guys show me a great amount of respect, which I'm, uh, it's, <laughs> it's great. It's great to see how much respect that they do have for me. And, you know, they take my advice and, little things that I talk to them about on the sideline and they go apply it. You know, I was really looking forward to maybe seeing if these guys can uh, 
somehow get on a retreat to come down here to South Florida and let, let, let me get them for about two weeks. Two weeks, maybe even more, you know, but just to, I want to see them win. You know, anybody who's focused on trying to make themselves better, whether it's on the field or off the field, if I can help you, I'm, I'm, I let those guys know all the time, you know, I, I'm open. That's awesome. I'm open to help. So, uh, I mean, it's it's really interesting to see, you know, how how things will play out as we move forward. But, uh, you know, at this point, I'm just like everyone else, hoping for the best. Is there a is there anything that um, you're hearing from, you know, whether it's current players or former players, as to why uh, players are transferring so much? Um. Well, I guess you know, I, I don't want to put too much out on blast, but there is for sure a serious disconnect between the players and the coaches. Um, and, you know, I'm a guy that I, I, I can say I have pretty thick skin. You know, I'm from South Florida. I've been, I've, been, I've been through a whole lot leading up to me going to college. So getting in the situation and, you know, having a coach that may scream at me, yell at me, uh, I never took stuff like that the wrong way because I understand that. If a coach is getting on my behind, I mean, I'm doing something wrong. So let me figure out what that may be. Let me clean up, you know, control what I can. And I guess I won't have to hear any yelling. So, you know, I had to kind of ask some of the players for examples just to make sure they're not just being soft. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a thin line between being disrespected and just being soft, you know. So I had to kind of ask for some examples, and I got a couple. I got a couple where I could say, okay, well, yeah, that's not necessarily you being soft. You know, uh, it, it's just a disconnect. And I don't know how we get that disconnect fixed, but, I mean, I, I would hope, you know, Coach Brown is looking at this, this situation as something that is prioritized to be fixed. He needs to figure it out. Because if not, we might have an all-freshman team next year, and that might not be any good. Yeah, definitely it seems, you know, that there's some really questionable things as a fan um, I've noticed with, like, you know, in the bowl game where Winston Wright wasn't playing a lot in the second half and, mm-hmm. um, you know, other players just not really playing many snaps some games. Um, Caden Prather kind of didn't get a lot of snaps, which I was really super Well, well I, I talked to Caden about – that, you know, I, I kind of look at Caden as one of the guys who should play a really big role uh, as he moves along within his tenure as a Mountaineer. Uh, he's coming off his freshman campaign. You know, I stand next to him all the time. I see a young kid, big body uh, that can actually move. So I'm, I'm really interested in Caden and just his progression as a wide receiver. I definitely want to do all I can to help him. And, uh, I asked him, hey, you know, what What happened to you? I didn't see you much w- within the bowl game. And he just simply said that um, I guess he at some point came down with COVID. Oh, no. So, of course, uh, that requires you to quarantine. And I guess he had to do it for about five days and ended up being flown to the, the bowl game like maybe two days before the game, whereas he wasn't a part of none of the practices to get the reps and 
you know, all those things to have himself prepared to go into the game. So, therefore, he just kind of like, well, okay, I'll just go join my teammates and we'll just see. You know, if I get thrown in there, I'll be ready. But uh, clearly that wasn't the case. So, yeah, he didn't play much. Uh, Winston, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, once again, he, he's a guy that's on his way out. So, yeah. So what would your advice be to uh, Coach Brown and his and his staff to write this ship? Because it's definitely concerning for everyone. Yes. Um, well, my, my advice would be, uh, you, you know, first and foremost, we, we got to get to the bottom of what's going on. You know, I, I know Coach Brown has been coaching for quite some time, so he may have certain ways about himself that you know he might be stuck in i don't i don't know but he need to find a way to get his players to to cling on to him and by no means is that uh kissing any players butts or you know chasing pat chasing any one of them as if you know they're just a prima donna you know anybody can be replaced at any given moment you know but somehow some way when you got your top players leaving that's that's a problem you know he i I think he need to have conversations or or (laughs) just try to have heart to hearts with some of these guys i know as a player myself you know you outside of preparing for football games you want to know that you're playing for a coach that actually cares about you and your well-being you know not just okay i'm just being used as somebody that can come win games and you know make some money for the university like you know it's so much deeper than just x's and o's you know some of these guys thrive off of feeling that someone truly cares about them you know so uh and i'm not here to say that that's the case that coach neil brown don't care about his players i'm still trying to figure it out myself by way of talking to some of the guys but as it seems for quite a few or quite a bunch of them like it's kind of too late but uh you know as i look at myself as a leader and a guy that um is well respected in morgantown you know i try to do my little small acts of you know coming back and interacting with the guys and let them know that i care about them too (laughs) i had some of the receivers say to me they call me OG, and that, that makes me feel so old because I feel like I was just <laughs> at West Virginia running up and down the field. I'm 31 now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they say to me all the time, hey, OG, man, if you was here coaching, you know, we'll, we'll just stick it out. You know, they say stuff like that, and it makes me feel like, oh, man, maybe I need to really take the coaching stuff and you know, a little more serious and actually try to get in. I want to see Mountaineer Nation back on top. You know, we winning games and getting big recruits and just continuously progressing in, in the right direction. Absolutely. Uh, not sure where we are now. I'm not sure really what the future holds. But, you know, I just, at this point, just hope for the best. That definitely. Do you, um, and, you know, not to kind of throw anyone under the bus, uh, but um, do you think um, – kind of the quarterback play at all may have influenced some players to be unhappy um um yeah i i'm gonna just be honest absolutely uh but not just with the quarterback play if i'm looking at it from a distance or i'm looking at it from a player 
uh, player's perspective, I don't really know what the offense's identity is. Like, I don't know if we are a run first team or we a pass first team. We got RPO. Like, what, what, what is our identity? What is our strong point? It's kind of like we, we go out and we're winging it. And if you got an offense that's kind of like, well, we don't even really know what we're doing too. There ain't no way the, the, the players are going to have any confidence. And I think, you know, that's a trickle effect from coaching that, that, that probably affects how Jared is out there playing, you know, whether he's reading certain things correctly, misreading certain things. The, the identity is messed up. Like when I was there, you knew what we was doing. We coming out with the pass, find a way to stop it. I don't know what's going on with our offense. So – you know, I think that plays a role in the production of everything that's going on. So I think that could be better, too. Absolutely. Yeah, we've talked about that in previous podcasts. And, um, you know, it seems like we we put too much pressure on Jared to carry the offense when he clearly just isn't that type of quarterback to, to handle, you know, the entire offense. I mean, right. just in the bowl game, we went two drives without even running the ball. And it seemed like every time Tony Mathis touched the ball during that bowl game, he made something special happen. And we just, for whatever reason, um, didn't give him the opportunity to have a huge day. Uh, you know what? I honestly knew we were doomed in the bowl game. You know, we had Letty sit out. And it's like, okay, you know, Letty's our star player. But even when he's there, like, we still don't know what we're doing. You know, sometimes we, you know, get pounded, pounded, pounded with him. And then, ah. It's just very unbalanced. I don't know. It, it, it's a lot that needs some fixing, man. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems like you're right about you not really having an identity. And it seems like, you know, there are times where the coaching staff would kind of outthink themselves. They're trying to counter the potential counter instead of just, you know, running a play that the players know and they know that works. It's kind Correct. of strange. Correct. Correct. And then, like you say, it's just kind of a trickle effect. You know, we expecting Jared to go out and carry the team, and he's not himself being put in the best position. You know, to- you mentioned that um, you know you'd definitely be interested in joining the staff potentially in the future. Um, you know, if you were asked to come back, would you definitely uh, be interested in coaching at WVU? I would definitely be interested in, in joining the coaching staff. Um, I know that. When it comes to being a coach, like it's, it's really a process uh, for most guys. You got to kind of start off as what you would call a graduate assistant, and um, that something like that will probably give me the opportunity to actually uh, pursue my master's as well. That's usually how that works out. You know, you kind of already graduate with your bachelor's degree, which I already have, and you know, you just kind of insert yourself back into school and work your way. Uh, up the pole to being a coach. Yeah, so, yes, absolutely. I would. I mean, to answer you guys' question, I would be interested in, in coming back to be a coach, especially uh, if it would surely be beneficial to the program, which I'm 100% sure it would. Yeah, yeah, we think so as well. We think you have a good relationship with the players, it seems like. And um, obviously, we think you have a lot of knowledge and expertise. So uh, personally, from our standpoint, we would love to see you back at West Virginia. Yeah, man. I mean, I I honestly, you know, as of late, um, 
you know, I just been trying to really just chase what I believe my purpose is. And so with that being said, uh, something that I'm really focusing on moving into this year is uh, public speaking. And I'm sure, you know, you guys know my my personal story of being a survivor of the gun violence. But, uh, um, you know, just kind of getting the chance to continuously tell that story and just um, serve as a source of motivation of a story of trial and, and you know, triumph. Um, that That's me. Never once felt sorry for myself, you know, within my trials. You know, I know that everything happens for a reason. And the fact that, you know, I am still alive, I know that I have uh, a really deep purpose here on Earth. So, you know, I, I, I feel that public speaking is something that I'm really passionate about. I'm down here working with like local high school kids uh, with training them up and, you know, just trying to help them develop as young men. That's great. So, um, shoot, I mean, I, I'm actually up right here in January. There's um, a seven-on-seven team from here in South Florida called South Florida Express that usually picks up just about all the four and five stars around from the region, and they pretty much, you know, come together as a team and go compete in different seven-on-seven events around the country. Uh, I'll be inserting myself as a receiver coach with that program, um, you know, just to get a chance to insert myself back into the football world and be around, you know, these young men who are highly competitive. I try to push some of them to West Virginia, man. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) And it feels like, you know, the South Florida recruiting has kind of died off a little bit. And I know a lot of that had to do with, um, you know, I think you might've played for him, uh, Damon Cogdell, uh, whenever he was high school coach. Yes. And he did a great job of getting a lot of guys up to West Virginia, which was amazing. Oh, yes. Coach Carter is a guy that played a really important role in um, helping me and Gino, you know, get to Morgantown. He's a guy that actually played in Morgantown also. So, um, you know, I think that we kind of got away from that Florida pipeline that we had coming up to Morgantown and – uh, I'm probably biased, but I, I really feel like the competition level down here is top tier. So just to continue to have that pipeline open or have a relationship with Florida guys, I think, you know, that will be pretty essential for the program moving forward. And I'll try to put my hand in the pot to help, <laughs> that'd make be, those, you know, things happen. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to reopen that pipeline somehow. And if you got into coaching, you know, even if that's a school down there, um, it'd be super valuable, I think, to have someone who's such a big fan of the university um, have that sort of influence down there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I think some of our best players in the past couple of decades seem to have uh, been products of South Florida. But um, you were mentioning how Mountaineer fans know your story relating to gun violence. And you describe yourself as a walking miracle. And I couldn't agree more. Your your story is so incredible. And your hard work and determination is so inspirational for um, pretty much everyone who's ever heard your story, it's 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 incredible. How important is it for you to just get out and share that story with others? Uh, well, I think it's, you know, really important just because I'm a guy that I, I, I really, you know, work so hard to make it to the pinnacle of the football world and 
I think that as human beings, one thing that we all have in common is we will all face adversities, obstacles, setbacks, uh, whatever you might, you want to call it. And I think, you know, when a person looks at me, they look at my story and just get a chance to hear what I've personally been through. It should serve as strength to anybody that, well, if Stedman Bailey can pick it up and, you know, just kind of keep his, his head together to, uh, just kind of keep pushing in life. We all can. So, you know, I just want to make, make sure I'm using my story to help people understand that, you know, we will all face adversity, but it's really about how you respond to these adversities. And I just want to continue to be that living example, um, for my son, you know, for my family and, you know, everybody that just keeps up with me, you know, I think it's something that, is moving to many people. And then uh, most importantly for me, uh, just God saved my life. I mean, if you're not a person that, you know, believe in any type of spirituality, I mean, it's, it's whatever. But, uh, you know, when it comes to my situation, I know that had it not been for Jesus Christ, I wouldn't be here today talk to people, like you said, with your inspirational speaking um, and help, you know, young people or people just going through a tough time. Um, right. You know, you'd be phenomenal at it. We can't thank Stedman enough for joining us today. His story is so inspiring for every generation, but I think it's so important that young kids get a chance to hear his journey, just incredible determination and what a great attitude to go through life. I hope we can have him back on in the future, and hopefully Sedman has a bright future with West Virginia's football program because he seems to relate with the younger generation, and he just has a wealth of knowledge to share with them. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't think of someone better to mentor some of the young receivers we have on this team, whether it would be you know, him coaching high school somewhere or being a receivers coach um, at WVU or even a graduate assistant. Um, you know, I think he loves the game. Um, he could definitely relate to players and he has such a unique, inspiring um, story. So uh, definitely wish him the most success um, that he could potentially achieve um, going forward. And um, we really want to thank him for joining and being so open with us. Absolutely. Yeah. He he seems to be in it for all the right reasons. And, uh, you know, he's such an incredible guest and so kind to us so again we can't thank them enough thank you guys for listening we hope you enjoyed this interview please check us out on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you guys like to get your podcasts please give us a follow and please follow us on social media twitter facebook whatever you guys enjoy using just look for the voice of motown podcast and also look for Brandon's articles on the Voice of Motown website or any social media outlet you can find his articles on there so, as always, guys, thank you for listening. And for the Voice of Motown podcast, we will catch you guys next time. Thanks, everyone.